We have a brand new sponsor that we're really excited about. Unforgettable is a little company that paints art and that's printed onto baseballs. Super detailed, check out their designs. They have balls for Shea Stadium, City Field, Yankee Stadium that you totally need to see. Also some baseball history baseballs, like a Core 4 ball and a Yogi Berra tribute ball. Check out Unforgettables.com and purchase a homemade custom baseball today. with the New York Baseball Podcast. My name is Ari Weiss, and I am alongside my co-host, Noah Schneider. Yeah, it's great to be back. You know, we got baseball coming soon. You know, stuff's starting to reopen a little bit, so I'm very excited to be back here. Yeah, same. And I'm so excited for these games to start again because now we can actually analyze some games instead of just speculating on all the negotiations and everything and everything that's going on. And uh, and there has been one positive thing, though. Um, if you can look at one thing from this pandemic, the opportunity to secure interviews with lots of players, coaches, umpires. And we are very fortunate today to be joined by Minnesota Twins relief pitcher, right-handed flamethrower, and as well, legendary Twitch streamer, Trevor May. Trevor, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. So, Noah, we're going to take it away with the first question asked by you. Yeah, welcome back, Trevor. We're very happy to have you on. So, I was just to get started. We're going to ask you how you, how your family's doing. And also, I'm just curious, how you've been spending the past few months under this whole quarantine that we've been facing? So, the fa my family's doing great. Uh, <clears throat> most of my um, immediate family and actually extended family lives in Washington State. So, um, you know, everyone was able to be, got to stay near each other, but, um, you know, go by the pro no one no one was really affected uh, or has been affected yet in any medical way um which is good and and they've been been really safe so that's all been great um you know mentally obviously it's got a little bit of a different toll on everybody but um i mean that's that's a struggle we're all in so uh, but it's been good I, I i have i've been fortunate that i built a little bit of an online brand beforehand and with Tommy John and having a year off and all that kind of stuff this is not new to me so um making the best of this situation is kind of my wheelhouse so I I, I thought I did a good job I think I'm still doing a good job of, of just kind of keeping myself busy and making sure that I'm moving forward in other things when when maybe other parts of my life are grinding to a halt so um so yeah it's 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 been good and I've been playing a lot of video games and streaming a lot <laughs> yeah and one thing that really took a resurgence during this pandemic was the um, online gaming market. I, I know that a lot of players recently started their Twitch channels during this pandemic, um, including like Mitch Garver, who recently started his. But you actually had a Twitch since 2018, right? 2016, actually. 2016, oh, 2016, wow. my bad. So, July 27th is my four-year partnership anniversary. So actually, I've been partnered since July of 16. And then I started streaming in like May of uh, 2016 so yeah I've been around for over four years um, which is a lot longer than to be honest a lot of the streamer friends I have I've been streaming longer than them so uh, which is which is weird to think about for me I always felt like I was the new guy or the kind of the imposter um, but no it's become a big, uh, big I've been fairly consistent I, I don't think I've taken more than maybe a week off at a time uh, in that entire year 
the entire time, even with everything else I've going on. So I just really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And, um, but yeah, there was a lot of guys taking advantage of this time. I'm glad to see that, um, baseball has a little bit of an endemic, uh, uh, player building brands, uh, problem, um, that is just kind of hard to solve. So a lot of the stuff we have to do on our own. And, uh, I'm glad that guys are taking advantage of the time to, uh, make some of those changes and work on uh, uh something outside of the game that they're not gonna you know necessarily have all the time which is this pandemic shown us so that's good yeah, right that's awesome and, that, um, yeah all you guys you know, taking advantage of just like a negative situation and turning into a positive yeah really you got to, to or you it'll just bring you down right and a common belief is with mlb players and just baseball players in general is like the like baseball is their life but baseball players like you they have lives outside of the game and you're a perfect example with your twitch streaming with your the connections you're making on uh, just like social media and uh i recently saw you go live on instagram talking to fans that was awesome uh so like it just shows that uh players they they have they they're, they're real people and they're humans as well and, and i commend you for being an awesome example of that thank you <laughs> yeah so uh into our next little segment here so you were drafted by the Phillies and then later traded into the Twins organization. So can you kind of talk about uh, what led to your signing? What kind of contact you had with scouts? Uh, did you go to any showcases? Just can you kind of explain that? Yeah. Um, so I went to a lot, a lot of showcases. Um, some big parts of the big reasons for that. And, and my, my high school, uh, Kelso, Washington, is actually a pretty, in, in terms of the state of Washington, it's a fairly well-known area um, for, for good baseball teams, um, like our high school teams regularly, you know, in that, in the, in the top four for in state. And, um, we're not a, we're not a huge school. We're in the second highest, um, rating or like, you know, of size of schools, three, a, um, but we, uh, you know, we've, we've had, uh, a, they're, they're like the grade below me, they were like in the Babe Ruth world series for two straight years. And they, they won state every year all the way up and they won regionals a few times obviously to get to to get to the world series so we had a lot of good players and uh and that provided me opportunities to kind of get out and uh play against at least people in the in the northwest a lot of go to oregon a lot like go to northern california go to idaho you know all the travel a little bit more because our our, our we, we had enough of a, of a tradition there for baseball so that was that was good that got my kind of baseball juice is flowing a little bit. And then, um, when I was junior in high school, um, I went through or sophomore in high school, I went through a little bit of growth spurt and my velocity jumped quite a bit. And, um, I was fortunate to be, uh, seen, I wanted to go to, uh, university of Washington was one of my, I wanted to go to Stanford my whole life, but, uh, Washington was like a close second and I got to go to their camp and their head coach made a huge, like I was a sophomore with when everyone else was a junior. So everyone else was going in the senior year. I was going in my junior year. And, uh, you know, I was throwing high 80s as a 16-year-old that had just grown like seven inches. So they were so they were pretty high on me at that time. And uh, and they, I kind of just took off from there. I just kept adding velocity and getting the confidence. And, um, and then I got an opportunity to play with a team called the Northwest Titans that traveled all over the country. I think that was the biggest thing. Um, and that, that was only possible because – um, a guy named Cal Miller in our hometown, uh, he owned a, owns, I believe he owns a car dealership, uh, basically gave me a scholarship for a thousand bucks so that I could go to a couple tournaments. That was, I think that was a, one of the couple of the biggest reasons. And then at that point, when we realized that, you know, I was able to go to Arizona, some of those teams played down where the Mariners played and was able to go to Florida once, go to uh, East Cobb once um, and play in, in, in Georgia. 
um, uh, I, I got to do a lot of the, the, those, those teams. I just kept getting picked up by other teams to like fill in their rosters and stuff for, so like that summer between junior and senior year, things just got crazy. Like when my, my team, the Northwest Titans wasn't playing or we were having a couple weeks off where we didn't have tourneys, other teams would ask me to go to Arizona. So I, every weekend, that was when my dad kind of realized, okay, like this is worth the investment because I think that it's going to pay off if you go to college for this. So let's just, so he started kind of taking a little bit more of that brunt. I didn't need to get that kind of kick out the door. It was just one of those things like, is this really worth a thousand bucks like right now? Uh, so um, after that, I mean, I was starting to throw line low nineties. I got to six, five going to senior years. Like that's just project. It's called projectability. It was 215 pounds already too. And I was, you could, you could tell I was skinny at 215 and that's, when you're over 200 pounds and you're considered skinny, you're going to fill out a lot and you might throw a lot harder. And that's pretty much what happened. So um, two of the big teams that were interested in me were the Cubs and the Phillies. Um, I had pretty good uh, relationships with both those those area scouts. Um, and Oakland, those the three big ones, they all came to my house first, and then we talked to them the most. Um, and then when it came to draft day, I mean, it was just the Phillies and the Cubs calling over and over and over again saying, if you're available at our spot, we're going to take you. And then someone on their board was still available at their spot that they wanted above me, and they took him. So I was ended up being in the fourth round pick for the Phillies, but the seventh pick by the team. So, um, you know, in any other circumstance, I think that another team um, could have. I, I think that if I got to the fifth or the sixth, it would have been I would have been gone immediately um, to somebody. Uh, I just think that's kind of where I slotted in because that's where that's how high school, Washington high school baseball isn't known as being a powerhouse because who we play. There's not enough teams. There's not enough schools. There's not enough players. Um, and it's raining all the time. So we only get to play for two, two months a year. So we're didn't, it's not a hotbed. Usually, notoriously, they're like, eh, stats in high school don't really matter because of the, of the competition. That makes sense, even to this day. So, uh, But I was fortunate that I got to go all the country, and then I made that choice that I was going to take all those uh, opportunities as much as possible. And I had some big performances and some big spots. And coming in on a team I'd never played with and throwing their championship game, just showing up on the Sunday, and they're like, hey, you're pitching the championship, and I don't even know the team. Like <laughs> – and I was lights out and we won and it was great. And that I, they loved me from that point on, but I'd only played one game, you know, that kind of stuff. That, a lot of those, those things fall into place and, and got me uh, the opportunity. And then after that point, after that point, you just kind of got to believe you're some of the cream and you're going to rise to the top of whatever team you're on um, when you're in the minors. And because you get down there and everyone throws low nineties and everyone was a high draft pick and everyone had got their signing bonuses and all you guys are just like comparing yourself against each other. And it's, it's hard. Um, it's really hard in the low levels, but, you just got to find a way to do it. And so those first five years, in the minors were tough. But getting traded is kind of a good situation because it shows a team really wants you and sees you in the major leagues. So I, I kind of treated it that way. I was also in, in a group of, of, of prospects with the Phillies that were literally everyone had been traded, all of my friends. Um, and I knew that I was going to be on the chopping block as soon as like things weren't, as soon as there was a big enough guy they wanted to get, or as soon as I didn't pitch as well and that I, I, I didn't have a very good season in 2012. So um, I was like, ah. Oh. I'm probably gone. Um, and then the year after that, that GM was gone. So they stopped doing that. But um, myself, Jared Cosart, um, uh, uh, Jonathan Singleton, Travis Arnaud, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, who, who else. Anthony Goes, uh, uh, Jason Knapp. Um, uh, who else? Uh, who else in my draft class? Worley went with me. Uh, who was for Pence? For Oswald, who else? I cannot remember. There was others. That's all right. <laughs> There's a lot of them. A lot of those guys, and so a lot of them went to the, ended up going to the major leagues with their other teams. You know, Goes was around for a while, and now he's a pitcher and throwing 96 again. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, Coast Arts, I think, still trucking. 
So, um, yeah, that's yeah, kind of you, that's my entire story. Yeah, and you mentioned how like being traded meant you were valued. I mean, you definitely were. You traded for you know Ben Revere, great player. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. yeah, and at the time he was he had had a great season the year right. before too. So, uh, yeah, he was a, he was a pretty hot commodity at the time, and actually Vance was a pretty hot commodity too because he had a really good season and uh, the Twins needed starting pitching, and I was just young double a guy that struggled a little bit the year before in double a was hoping we could figure it out a little bit and uh um with alex meyer came over with my i remember we met each other on the same day and we became really good friends after that we were both traded same same day yeah it's an awesome story and um definitely those showcases so you think those showcases really are important to do as a young player to more and more and more there. now um yes and i think that getting in front of people the eye test isn't the only thing they're doing, but if they can get actual data on you, it goes a long way. And, you know, everyone's got their track bands up. And, you know, these tournaments are like – these Cobb especially, I know for a fact they have like a track man system up behind the – the at least to get on the pitchers and the hitters. Maybe not necessarily like exit velos and stuff, but they can get mm -hmm. bin rates and all, all like your movement patterns and how your pitches move, and that's projectability now. A lot of teams are, are making decisions like that um, and, and, and analyzing tools like that, which is great because it, all it is is if you have something – that's really good or has the possibility to be elite. They're just catching it more often than not, instead of writing you off for any physical, physical thing you might have, right. You might not be the biggest or the strongest. Um, and, but you might be able to be projected into that when before you weren't. So, but it's always about like the more people that see you, the accurate, the idea of you can be. And if you believe that you're good enough and that you, you're not getting enough opportunities it's usually because enough eyeballs that haven't seen you, but my big thing was focusing on college first. Like really, I really wanted to go to college. I was valedictorian in high school. I, like I loved, I really liked going to school. Um, and I actually decided to go to school. I told my dad, Hey dad, I think I want to go to school. And he's like, no. And I was like, okay. So that's, he goes, I'm not paying for a dollar for your school. I'm like, well, it's a you know, full ride. And he's like, well, it's not really a full ride. You still got to buy food and stuff. I'm not giving you any money. So you're gonna have to get a job. And I was like, mm -hmm. he goes, do you want to go to the major leagues? And I was like, yes. He goes, why not start now? I said, I can't refute that. So, um, I realized that it was just me being afraid to leave, to be honest, um, as opposed to like not wanting to go play baseball. So I just made the decision. And to be honest, those first six weeks sucked. Um, I was homesick as hell. I'd never been away from home for more than two weeks. And I was living in a La Quinta Inn in Clearwater, Florida, which is, I don't know if you've ever lived in a hotel, but it's miserable. So yeah, I've stayed at a La Quinta Inn and never lived there. And also, that's awesome. You're the valedictorian, definitely, you know, studying as well as playing. I mean, very well balanced for sure. So just kind of move on. We'll talk about the upcoming season. Obviously, MLB announced they're trying to get a season underway starting on July 23rd. So I kind of want to have your opinions. First, I'm going to ask you from like a safety kind of perspective. I know they're going to be testing you every other day. There's all these crazy new rules about no spitting and a lot of things like that. So what's your opinion? And do you think that it's going to be a safe? Obviously, we've seen a lot of players test positive. I think 10 Phillies already have. So what's your opinion from a safety side? I just don't think uh... – I think it's well known that currently safe isn't a word that you can really use. Um, now right. there's percentage percentages of things and how lethal it is to a certain group of T people. A lot of stuff's kind of thrown at me, which frankly, at the end of the day, we play it. We're baseball players and what we're losing out on is really money. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's kind of just losing money. But the flip side is health. Mm -hmm. um, for not us, probably, probably not us. You're going to see a lot of uh, uh, asymptomatic people, a lot of guys who there might be a few that get really sick and then God forbid one person passes away. 
So that's so we get there. I go to I go to the worst case scenario, and that's the worst case. In my head was one person, right? One person, but one person's like we can't mm-hmm. move forward in a situation where we're just waiting for something bad to happen to then make a decision. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's tough for me. That's really really tough for me because yeah. um, I think we have enough information to know that the only way to truly stamp this thing down enough to where normal life can full, to really come back is to stay away from each other longer and we're bringing thousands of people together so that's right. inherently just like logically gonna cause some sort of problem and and we're kind of approaching it with the idea of like but we feel like we can keep it under control like but like under control would mean i for me would be would be very little risk for anybody mm-hmm. that would be under control for me so i i trust me i i think that the protocols are are as good and as comprehensive mm-hmm. as they possibly could be mm-hmm. i just don't think that that does enough at this juncture um or i'm not sure if it does enough at this juncture to where something bad something horrible doesn't happen to someone in our sphere and i again i me for my personal ability i think that if i test positive that i'm going to be okay honestly mm-hmm. i don't know what that's based on it's just based on statistics and and like statistically i'll probably be okay but i don't know if i like have something i don't know about like a lot of us don't right um so the the you just got a pros and cons and uh the best possible way is just to like not go to a field just be away from each other right yeah Yeah. and i have a lot of people here a lot of people say well i go to the grocery store all the time blah blah yeah but (laughs) your 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 interactions with people astro like exponentially grow when then you're playing a game like it's completely different right that's just Mm -hmm. not the same um right right and and also the first one's completely under control the second one isn't so there's just a lot of things each individual can't control in this situation, mm-hmm. which is which is tough. Um, but we are moving forward, mm-hmm. and I am kind of obligated to do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and I if if I were to opt out, which has seriously crossed my mind, I wouldn't mm-hmm. get a service time, and I wouldn't be a free agent after this year, and I would be a free agent late, uh, a year later in my life which as you guys know as fans probably that uh the difference between being a free agent 31 and being a free agent 32 is drastically different mm-hmm. especially under the circumstances now for your earning potential in your life which is short your baseball life is short and i've already played 13 years mm-hmm. since i was drafted i've been right. playing for a long time um and so it's not like i have 13 more years in me right There's and to actually your, literally like, no shot that i play till i'm 43 yeah. <laughs> and like to your point of like uh people say they want to go to the grocery store and and you said like compared to a game like that that cannot be more true because i mean in, in baseball when you have uh, the umpire and the catcher and the batter like right next to each other and and plays at second base and just collisions i mean there's just so many opportunities for that but i i pointed this and and like in uh backing up the, the decision to play which i I know this is a different sport. I know this is a different commissioner, but I mean, I'm Adam Silver, the NBA, I feel like made a pretty good point. Like the, the, the virus is going to be here and we might just have to live with it. And we might have to just to, to try to, instead of beat it until it's all gone, try to use the protocols to play while it's here. I think if we waited till it was all gone, we'd be waiting a long time. <laughs> I, I agree with that too. I don't think that there is a, a scenario where that happens until there's a vaccine and it becomes, mm-hmm. it actually becomes a flu instead of uh, uh, all the straw man stuff about it being like the flu. Cause it's, in no way, shape, or form is that same at all. Just so mm-hmm. I'm throwing that out there to all the listeners, it's just not. Uh, one has a vaccine, one doesn't. There's there's a level of control that you can exercise over one you can't control. We don't have much control here. We just don't have control over this thing. Um, and in terms of the climate of where it's all happening in the United States, where we're, 
and on top of that, and I, I and I'll give big props to Adam Silver. I think he's a, doing a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think there's a huge difference between 22 teams playing eight games in a bubble mm-hmm. and 30 teams traveling around the country yeah. playing mm-hmm. 60 games mm-hmm. not in a bubble. That's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so like one the responsibility gets a little bit more. It gets a little bit. There's just so many more things we can't control in that mm-hmm. scenario, and right. that they can control. So, right. um, we're not quarantining. They are. That's just the difference. Um, and that's gonna that's gonna drastically increase the number of people who are exposed to things. Um, mm-hmm. Just exposed to other people. Like that. That's inherently a bad thing. Just currently, right now, it kind of is. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I, I go. The pro is we get to play baseball and everything's great, and we all make our money and we get our service time and we get this kind of sixty game season, which is already going to be hard enough to get ready for and play mm-hmm. at a high level with no fans like yeah. it's going to be hard to play baseball and like really yeah enjoy it if that makes sense because mm-hmm. a lot of it like i haven't played for no fans in mm-hmm. 11 years yeah yeah, yeah. so it's going to be crazy it's going to be like very hard to like yell or get pumped for things because they're, they're all right there they can all hear me like i feel like an idiot so <laughs> take all that stuff out of it it's gonna be it, that's gonna be hard enough um and i realized a little bit today and i just like i'm just trying to be really honest about how i'm feeling about stuff so as i work through it but I, I, I like there's the signs everywhere that say wash your hands for 20 seconds mm-hmm. wash your hands for 20 seconds wash they're like please wear a mask please wear, and they're all over the place by every urinal by, by everywhere <laughs> and reminding us right mm-hmm. and i was like that's good in keeping us changing our behavior but it's also throwing it in your face that there's mm-hmm. a pandemic right. every 10 seconds so like this whole time for three months we've been like i've been able to not look at twitter or just like watch a movie and not forget that i'm in a pandemic but when i'm at the field i i'm reminded every mm-hmm. minute of the mm-hmm. day and that just creates another level of you're like you're waiting for something to happen it, it, that's just like a really weird helpless feeling that's really hard Harder right. than I thought it would be, and I'm already feeling that. So I, I just, you know, I, yeah. I've been talking with other guys about it, and and I, I totally get the understanding that, like, understand that, like, we need something to kind of feel normal. Mm-hmm. A lot of people need it because they're also going through the same stress I'm feeling in different ways. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's almost like an acceptance that these few things are gone until at least the next time they come around, mm-hmm. and hopefully we're better equipped at that time, and we'll know more about it at that time. Right. Or we'll have squashed it enough at that time to where yeah. these protocols and things re- redu- reduce the risk enough. Unfortunately, the timing is horrible right now too because we're we're now at a new cases numbers that are yep. have, we're yep. worse than yep worse than when it got canceled the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to reconcile. Just be like like buy in fully. Yeah, and to like more of a uh we we and that that's all like very like valid information and we appreciate that and i hope our listeners um appreciate the perspective as well because that that's that's coming firsthand from a player so thank you yeah. for that but um we, we wanted to ask you about some of these rule changes that are happening and your opinions on them so um the, the first one we wanted to ask you about and this probably will affect you a lot is the runner starting on second base and in extra innings as you know you're i mean you're a relief pitcher i'm not sure how you would feel coming into a game with a runner on second so can you kind of just like explain your opinion on that if you don't mind um, to be again forthright and honest um it, it's it's not really that easy to accept that every single rule that's been uh put into effect for the last five years has been directly pointed at relief pitchers like mm-hmm. it affects us the most mm-hmm. and literally every time they're like pitchers mm-hmm. have another hoop to jump through pitchers have another jump through. we need more runs we need more runs so first of all um 
these these the decisions like this being made unilaterally just because you can um, is annoying. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of I understand that's a play in the playbook. I don't like it. No, no, no player likes it. No player likes being woken up to a tweet from some from guy who was leaked to and and not told by their the the the, the governing body just directly. Like mm-hmm. I heard about it on Twitter. Yeah, wow. the okay. thing that we were talking about before didn't come up at all, and then suddenly they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're just going to toss this in because we can." I don't. Like, that doesn't feel very symbiotic or you know good faith to me. Um, and then it directly affects me. So everyone's like, oh, don't worry. The run will be unearned. Yeah, but the L will be on your thing. And, and then right. the fans will still hate you because it's your fault. <laughs> it's just it's like it's like saying, oh, actually, it's very similar to this. Instead of kicking 15-yard uh, extra points, you're kicking 50-yard extra points right. now every time. It's just making making that one job. You're, the job that you, if you screw it up, it's there is no coming back. Like you only get one shot, right? Mm-hmm. Making that harder on you. And right. it's – and and that's going to show up whether or not you say no one's going to go back and be like, well, how many of these were when the where the run was on, you know, in extras? Like, no, twi- twice your fan, especially in a season where there's 60 games, every loss is going to be huge. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we want the games to get over. Everybody does. Like, no one wants to play a 16 inning game. Not a single person on the field is like, yeah. <laughs> like, no pitch, no, and all the relievers aren't like, yeah, I got to throw two innings today. Can't wait. <laughs> and if we lose, it's my fault. Like, you know. <laughs> Literally, it's it's we go out there. We're like, okay, good, we got through it. It's your turn now, and you go inside. Like that's kind of how it works. It really is like that. So, um, yes, it, that that it's just it's just like, come on, I get the why, but like, why do I have to take the brunt of this, right? Right. Then the three yeah. batter rule then mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Yeah. directly gets rid of certain guys' jobs. Yeah, exactly. They were good at getting two hitters out, and now they don't get to do that. And now people are gonna be, oh, well, they'll still have job. Well, no, teams just won't. They just won't get signed anymore, and they'll just mm-hmm. go play in the minors. That's what will happen. There's going to be five to ten loogies, probably, that just don't make, go to the big leagues, don't play, pitch at all, uh, that would have pitched had that rule not existed. That's going to affect five or ten guys' lives. Um, right. Just mm-hmm. because in, ter- in, the, in the name of shortening games, which isn't a, a solution to anything. In, like, it's not. Like, we say, they say, I think they got some consumer data that said – Young people have shorter lifespans. That or lifespans, sorry, attention spans. <laughs> yeah, shorter <laughs> attention spans. So therefore, the logical thing for for people who don't look more than an inch into it is that shortening the games will make them watch more. But unfortunately, outside of having five inning games, we're not going to be able to short, shorten them enough. Uh, NFL games are actually, on average, six in like from the kickoff to the point where the game is actually over are six on average six minutes longer than a baseball game. Now we play every day. That's different. Right. Fantasy is not as big of a thing. They play one once once a week, so like mm-hmm. the length of the game is more of an event, mm-hmm. and ours is more of tedium. Yeah. Right. Yep. But unfortunately, we refuse to reduce the number of games too. We would never do that. Anything mm-hmm. that affects money will never happen. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's in in my opinion, they're just band aids and they're just missing the wounds, and then they're affecting me directly. Like I'm getting affected directly every single rule, uh, the whole the whole balls thing where the balls balls aren't different. They they were different. They are. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they still are. Uh, it's been pretty much proven by people are left, right, and center. Like this is an old ball, and they're firing it. And they're, Here's a new ball, and it's going like <laughs> firing it out of a you know a cannon or, or a pitching machine. It's flying like 20 feet farther every time. They're like oh, <laughs> you know these are frisbee balls. And you know what? I understand that as well. But again, directly affects me. Again, exactly. 
Yeah. So why am I supposed to be like, yeah, keep giving me these things, you know? I don't Do you I think don't... that like this season would be the season though to try a new rule just given it's gonna be That's... such a weird or short exactly. season anyway. But that is kind of what the guys is why they're like, Oh, by yeah. the way, this other one exists too. I'm not sure how Why? you feel about this, Trevor, but like I, I feel like if there is gonna be a like this short, if they're if they do want to try out new rules and evolve the game, like this will be the season. But the one like, and I would I would say, okay, great, yeah, this is the season to try this out. But the only problem with that is if they try this out this year, there's a greater possibility that's not gonna be reversed back in the future, and that's exactly. that's like the main problem I have. If it was just this season, they were trying it out. I honestly would say like, hey, it's 60 games, like why not just try it out? But if it stays here in the future, that's the problem I have. Well, they uh, – fortunately, it was in AAA in 2018 when it was coming back from Tommy John. So they've been trying to get this in a while. Again, it's something that they've been premeditating trying to get in, and they're using this opportunity to do it. They're trying – they're trying to – they tried to expand the playoffs. They tried to sneak that in under the guise of, you know, pandemic. But in reality, they've wanted it for a long time. Again, does any of this feel very honest? Like, it just doesn't feel very honest, but mm-hmm. it's business as usual. Yeah. It's just like – it's very clear to see but they're just like yep whatever i don't like that at all i but again i chose this profession i work very hard at it i've worked at it hard at it a long time there's just a lot of things i don't have control over these are all things i don't have control over and i'm gonna work within within the rules and i'm gonna i'm gonna go out there in the 10th i'm gonna take the ball and be like you're staying on second bud and then that's it i'm gonna deal with it um but that doesn't mean that i have to be like yay rah rah for it right so right yep um and that's just I mean, these are all my opinions, and I'm going to be honest. A lot of my bullpen guys feel the same way. We're all sitting here like this is just so, and right. and it is. But it, but again, it is what it is. That you have to learn to say that as a baseball player because, you know, you you deal with rainouts and you deal with like you know three hour delays where they could have been like rained out the game at any point. But got to sell popcorn, so that. But that's just how the business is. Yeah. Right. You have to wear it. We, yeah. we have a term. We say wear it. We say wear it all day, every day. That's all we say. Ha ha, wear it. Ha wear it. Like when you have to do dumb stuff that you don't like. Right. Um, and, and now we have to do all this extra, all these thousands of other hoops we have to jump through every day. And we're just going to have to say, we're trying to say wear it again. Um, yep. But again, you got to go back to what we were talking about before, the pros and cons of wearing it. Like, right. Fortunately, health is now the, is that other factor it's not like this is inconvenient or this will affect my career or i'll make less money if i do this or this that the other things we were complaining about this specifically is about whether or not someone gets really sick because we decided to start the season i don't i don't like that i'm part of that if that happens that i have to be like i was i agreed to it mm-hmm. knowing what i know i agreed to it anyways and i took that i was okay taking that chance and um hopefully Hopefully, uh, that chance gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That's what I'm hoping for. Like, it's not as big for us as I think it is. Or, unfortunately, like, I don't know if that's mm. possible. Like, yeah. The, and the no spitting thing and, like, the no licking your fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, it's just simply not – you have to make that a protocol. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No one's going to touch the wet rag. We're all just like, dang it. <laughs> It's like you've been doing that since you were a kid. Like, yeah. like standing on the mound, I immediately go. I actually can't during my live BP. I have no idea if I like my fingers. I have no idea. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no clue because it's just natural. Right. Like mm-hmm. going up to like high five or going up to like celebrate with your teammates. Like we're all gonna be like, <laughs> and we're gonna not have masks on, and everyone's gonna watch. Yeah. Like, Look, they don't have masks on. Mm-hmm. Kids and the like, kids are out playing in masks right now because there's a lot. There's kids mm-hmm. out there playing baseball right now. Masks. They're gonna be like, mm-hmm. well, MLB is not playing masks. So let's not play masks. Like I, I don't want to. I don't yeah. want that. I don't yeah, want to send I, that I message because it's not. Yeah. You should be. 
Mm-hmm. Just avoid it as much as you can. So, yep. um, but let's, 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 uh, let me shift it a little bit more positive. <laughs> if I'm overblowing in my head and in my, in my opinion, I think overblowing it, like the, the negative effects of just being like being super scared of something and then having it not be that bad is much better than hey, it's not that big of a deal. And then a shark bites you. Oh yeah. You know I mean? yep. Like yep. you don't want the one way is much better than the other. Hey, being more cautious and then realizing you didn't need to be that cautious, much better scenario than the other way around. Right. So, um, I'm, and I'm hoping that I'm being overly cautious and that I, I'm just super worried about it and that my anxiety and stuff about it is just misplaced a little bit too much. Um, yeah. I really hope that, that we're able to move forward. Um, but at the end of the day, the, my, my ideal situation, man, would be just 2021. Um, obviously, if over the offseason, getting a freaking uh, vaccine would be just so great. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, that we've collectively come together as a as a society in the United States and really, really like stamped down at least the 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 numbers to low consistent levels to where the numbers are low and they're staying low. And mm-hmm. the, even us going back to normal keeps them low because we've stamped it down enough. And we didn't do that enough the first time. I think that's mm-hmm. very obvious. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah. And before we run out of time, just kind of wanted to shift, uh, um, towards one more positive, uh, note. So we wanted to ask you uh, like about the twins clubhouse. And so our, like our young listeners can kind of get a sense because everyone knows like the twins, they had the Bomba squad. It's like the lineup is stacked, right? I got so no Garver, Kepler, Arias. Like, I mean, it's so, I didn't name all of them. Like they have so many players. So, and, and obviously you being in that clubhouse, can you kind of just, like t- tell us like what being a part of that presence is like and, and those different personalities. We d- we just want to know like what the bomber squad yeah, is like pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty laid back. I mean, it's sneaky laid back. I don't think we have a lot of like really, we don't have a really lot, a lot of like guys who are really like loud, mm-hmm. like personalities, like loud in front of everyone. Um, maybe to know a little bit sometimes, <laughs> sometimes though. Um, but even that it's not his natural, like, you know, dance in front of everybody like he has his moments but he's not like that all the time mm-hmm. but other than that man nelly's just like got his earbuds in he's taking care of business <laughs> and doing his work um i mean cap and garve are just chill mm-hmm. um uh uh you know donaldson's got some energy but again he's like everyone's just going to work uh, it, yeah. and they expect to do the things that they do right and that's that's fairly new um here with this with the, with the tw- since i've been with the twins um but but that culture was built early last year. Uh, uh, and basically this, these, these, I guess these spots were opened up kind of in the lineup where it's like, here, it's yours to fill it. Like fill that up with production, right? And everyone kind of just stepped up. Eddie Rosario um, mm-hmm. uh, have a, a breaking out because he showed glimpses of break, really breaking out the year before that. And then mm-hmm. other guys really stepping up and breaking out kind of made, helped him get the more pitches to see um and and a lot of his his stuff got much much better then you add guys like Arias, who mm-hmm. we could just bring in and he'll like face in their heart they're like what did he do he faced um someone with the, in the was it was it Ottavino? Ottavino in a yankees game um, no you would he, know this <laughs> we were down by, the regular season it was during the regular season yes uh he came in against Ottavino, had like a nine pitch walk um and yeah. we pinch hit him and he started off an inning like that and then I think Adovino like had was struggling a little bit that day with command, but had he got him out there, you got to, as a reliever, like you want to get that first out. Once you get it, then you can mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There's more of a, like a settle. Um, and that affects some people more than others, but 
Um, especially when you have a long at bat, if it ends with a walk as opposed to ends with a strikeout or a ground out, it's completely different for the inning. And so mm-hmm. it gets snowball going. So we got a snowball and we tied the game back up. And he's that type of guy. So he gets in there. Everyone else is like, Homer, 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 Homer. And then you right. got to face him. And you're like, well, he's going to be a 12 digit bat. He's going to drive me insane, which is going to tire me out. So I have to deal with the next guy who's going to try to hit a Homer. So, yep. um, and then just watching that as a being a reliever, how that affects me is just knowing that one, I have to be ready at all times because us being down by four doesn't really matter. Like mm-hmm. we tie it up then I'm in in the seventh or something mm-hmm. like that. That stuff happens constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, every time Sano came up with the ability to like take the lead, like I, I was just like, I could be the f- one pitch away and then I'm in the game. So yep. I like, I have to warm up way faster, right. yep. uh, especially when there's, when there's less than two or only, two outs. Like he's either going to put you in the game or he's going to get out and you're just not going to be in the game. Right. And the other guy's going to stay in that kind of stuff. <laughs> With that team is crazy, but the flip side is, um, it gives you a little bit of like you're up by a couple runs, right? And you give up a run, and they get get a run closer. You're like, I feel like we're still going to score more. So right. like, it was just a we that snowballed. Both sides kind of snowballed. But like being in that clubhouse, man, they're all pretty chill. They just go like they're holding like you're just like you're gonna hit homers, you're gonna hit homers, and that's just kind of we just accepted it, and and that's how it worked. And then you guys got got guys like. Polanco is sneaky hit 21 mm-hmm. and you got guys like Kepler's like, Oh, 36 homers, by the way, like, you know, five or six with 30. So like, that's, that's incredible. And they just, they just fed off each other and they like, that's where coming up. I know Kep and Kep and scope had a Homer, uh, a Homer bet going uh, who would hit the most. And, you know, I think they had some jewelry on the line or something and Kep ended up winning and scope fought it for a while. And then he gave it in, gave up and gave it to him. Like, it was yeah. great. Like, and that's just kind of – that's that's cool thing about being in the major leagues. Like, those guys get that stuff going. And, and I think we just had a good group of personalities too. So, it was yeah. really it was, yeah. it was really good to be part of. And, and it's great to be part of. And I know that they're going to come up – we got guys who are professionals who are going to show up and they're going to be ready to go. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trevor. And, yep. And, Trevor, we have about 30 seconds left in the Zoom meeting. So, we just wanted to wrap it up. Uh, Noah, right. any final thoughts or anything? Yeah, it was great having you on. I'm sure it felt great being on a team with the most home runs of all time. I mean, talking about it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It was really great hearing your opinions on the season and the Twins organization and being drafted. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry it took so much time. but Oh, no, no, no. That's that was awesome. amazing. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Much rather have more than it. less. Thank you so much. Cool. And, and good luck with your season. Thanks, brothers. Have a good one. You too. All right, that was Trevor May. We hope you enjoyed the interview, and we'll see you next time.